finds wisdom, and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. Thank you, Andrew. Well, as we begin today, I would like to test your memory of commercials just a little bit so you fill in the blank, all right? There are some things that money can't buy. For everything else, there is MasterCard. You know it well. This particular ad campaign became well-known simply by that one word, priceless. Uh, It started in 1997 with a father and a son going to a Major League Baseball game. And maybe you remember it, it goes something like this. Two tickets, $28, two hot dogs, popcorn, and two sodas, $18, one Autographed baseball, $45. Real conversation with your 11-year-old son, priceless. And then the punchline, there are some things money can't buy. For everything else, there is MasterCard. Well, that particular commercial really struck a chord with people around the globe, some 130-plus countries Uh, Because people, I think, rightly acknowledge that there are some things in life that are more valuable than money. And so even if you don't have the cash on hand to make those things happen, don't worry. MasterCard will come to the rescue. Uh, That commercial also says that your desires, or we could say your, your idols, maybe those priceless things that you value most. Those things deserve to be fulfilled, so use MasterCard. Well, here in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 through 20, we do in fact learn that there are many valuable things in life that money can't buy, but MasterCard isn't what you need. You need wisdom. In fact, We know that wisdom is a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is our wisdom from God. We we need Jesus, and he gives freely what money can't buy. Today, as we look at this text, there are really five main points in this sermon. Uh, We're going to learn today that money can't buy happiness, money can't buy what wisdom alone produces. Money can't buy honor and peace. Money can't buy eternal life and money can't buy and rule this entire universe. If, if you were a recent graduate and God came to you and said, ask for me anything and I will give it to you. 
What, what would be your request? If God said, I'll give you whatever you ask, for what would you ask? Well, that, as you know, actually happened to Solomon when he became king. When the Lord had asked Solomon, what shall I give you? Solomon didn't ask for long life. He didn't ask for riches or for his enemies to be defeated. Instead, he asked the Lord for wisdom, for understanding, for discernment. Then the Lord commended him for that request and in fact gave him an abundant amount of wisdom. And now Solomon writes this portion of Proverbs to convince you that wisdom is far better than all of earth's riches. Solomon writes to demonstrate the superiority of wisdom over earthly treasures. And the first thing that he he says to convince you of this is found in verse 13, and I quote, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Solomon wants you to know that money can't buy happiness. The word for blessed here refers to a heightened sense of happiness or joy. Um, You could say how utterly or truly happy is the one who finds wisdom, the one who gets understanding. Now, I think everyone wants to be happy. I'm not sure I've ever found someone who doesn't want to be happy. The question really is this, what is it that makes you happy? And here, Solomon says, how truly happy is the one who finds wisdom. And again, remember, wisdom is a person, uh, the person of Jesus Christ. How genuinely, truly, blissfully happy is the one who finds Jesus. That strikes the very core of why God created us. The Westminster Catechism asks, what is the chief end of man? And the answer given is this, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Now, John Piper, who will maybe be best remembered for helping the church see the need to obey the command to make God your greatest joy. Tweak the answer to that first question of the catechism just a bit. And he says this, the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. Said another way, Piper says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied or happy in him. That is why the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I will say rejoice. We're commanded there in that verse to make the Lord our joy. Um, Making or make finding wisdom your greatest joy. The the psalmist says it this way in Psalm 73, 25, whom have I in heaven but you, and there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. This is why Colossians 3, 1 through 4 says, If then 
You have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. With, or excuse me, money can't buy happiness. But the, the temptation that we all face, the temptation that we all face is to pursue happiness in earthly things. Earthly things such as clothes and cars and houses and vacations and hobbies and toys and tools and adventure and pleasure. All of those things can certainly dazzle. Earthly things can appeal to our flesh, our sinful desires, but they don't satisfy. They come and they go quickly. As Proverbs 23 teaches us, sin is like wine to a drunkard that sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly, but in the end it bites like a viper. That is why Proverbs warns us so many times to not be seduced by the woman folly. Uh, she always has an appeal. Sin always makes promises, but it never, never delivers. In fact, it leads to, to death. So rather than being led astray by the allurement of earthly things, we need to live constantly and diligently by faith in Jesus. That was a perspective of Moses. Hebrews 11, 24 through 29 tells us this, and I quote, By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking forward to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible." By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do so, were drowned. So money, money doesn't make you happy. Jesus does. And this is why the Apostle Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 6, Godliness with contentment is, in fact, great gain. So don't expect money to give you what only Jesus can give you. In fact, in verse 10 of 1 Timothy 6, Paul says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through the craving, this craving, that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many so money can't buy happiness. Worse still, a love of money can pierce your life with many pains. Solomon says, happy is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gains understanding. 
Secondly, money can't buy what wisdom alone produces. Uh, verses 15, 14 and 15 continue, and I quote, For the gain from her, from wisdom, is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So this gain from wisdom is better than gold or silver. Um, the word gain speaks of the profit you get from selling your merchandise. So in other words, what you profit from wisdom is better than gold or silver. More than that, what you profit from wisdom and understanding is more precious than jewels or rubies. And then Solomon even makes a bolder assertion when he says nothing Nothing you desire can begin to compare with her. Money can't buy what wisdom alone produces. So if you want a good return on your investment, scrap your gold and your silver, your precious jewels, your rubies, and fine wisdom. You will get more from wisdom than you could could get from what we consider to be the earth's greatest commodities, gold, silver, and precious jewels. Uh, also, I want you to keep in mind that what we find in chapters 1 through 9 of Proverbs is really an appeal for wisdom. Um, here in these first nine chapters, Solomon wants to convince you that above all else, find Wisdom, And then in chapters 10 through 31, Solomon will reveal even more of what wisdom gives you in the ordinary details of life. So you will gain more from wisdom as it is revealed in, in chapters 10 through 31 than all of the gold or silver in the world. One commentator said this, money can put food on the table but not fellowship around it. Money can buy you a house but it cannot produce a home. Money can give a woman jewelry but it cannot buy her real love. End of quote. Money can't buy what wisdom alone produces. Uh, I would argue that there is in fact good reason for Jesus to tell us in Matthew 6:33 but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Uh, recently I was interacting with someone who was stressed out about needing a job. Um, the, the pressing thought on this person's mind was how am I going to pay my bills? My, my rent is coming due. I have a car payment, I have grocery bills, I have medical bills. What, what am I going to do about all of these bills if I don't have a job? And as I thought about this person in this situation, as I prayed for them, I was reminded about an early time in my Christian life when I had a similar anxiety about how to move forward in life. Um, I didn't know the way forward. I was anxious. I was worried. I thought if I, I, I in fact couldn't live if I didn't have my needs met. I saw those needs. I must have those needs met. 
But in that particular situation, I remember so distinctly how Christ spoke into my life from Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. And he taught me that what I needed more than my immediate need being met, what I needed more was in fact him. So when, when we're anxious about the needs of life, Jesus reminds us that we need him. We need King Jesus and his righteousness. We need to live in a right relationship with King Jesus more than the air that we breathe and the food that we eat. Money can't buy what wisdom alone produces. And added to that, number three in your notes, money can't buy honor and peace. Verse 16 says, long life is in her right hand and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all of her paths are peace. So wisdom gives with her right hand and her left hand. I think the idea here is that wisdom is generous. God is generous in giving wisdom. Now, for some reason, and I don't know why, but for some reason, Shelly and I have had the, the job of handing out ice cream, free ice cream at the national night event in the village of Merton for many years. And when it's ice cream time, people line up they line up quickly and they want ice cream. This past year, it was delayed a bit and people, there was a buzz around the National Night Out, night out event. When, when's the ice cream coming out? People wanted this free ice cream. Well, this ice cream, uh, as I said, it, it was free ice cream, but it's, the village has also been generous. And Shelly and I, as we're handing out ice cream, would often hand out these ice cream sandwiches and ice cream bars with our right hand and our left hand because we couldn't keep up with the demand by just giving out one at a time. It was like it, there was just so much to give that with our right hand, with our left hand, working together, we would give out this free ice cream. Wis wisdom gives out generously. And wisdom, one of the things that wisdom gives is long life to those who find her. In other words, it, it's what come when, comes when wisdom rescues you from foolish things that have life-ending consequences. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in verse 18. But wisdom also gives generously both riches and honor. Uh, life is not measured by the abundance of our possessions but as Matthew 6 teaches us our heavenly father knows what we need and when we seek first King Jesus and his righteousness when when we prize wisdom over gold or silver he, he promises to meet our needs and Jesus is in fact gen generous and timely Wisdom also gives honor. A life lived in Christ for the praise of God's glory is valued in God's eyes. There's no shame in doing what is right in God's eyes, even when the world persecutes you for doing it. Jesus says in Matthew 5.10, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's, that's a weighty and valuable life. 
a life filled with honor. Wisdom is also generous in leading you in the ways of pleasantness and peace are on her paths. Um, we, we know that folly stirs up wrath and anger. Folly disrupts and destroys. Folly is prickly and ugly. Life is hard for the one on the path of folly. However, for the one who finds wisdom, life is filled with pleasantness, uh, beauty, delight, and in fact, peace. I, I think one passage that shows the contrast between folly and wisdom is found in James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. I invite you to turn there. Um, this, this is a passage of scripture I often turn to when I'm preparing my heart for hard conversations that, that I must have with people. Um, J- James says this in James chapter 3, verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you. By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. For if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, There will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I think this passage offers... To us, a good checklist to prayerfully to use to prayerfully examine our own hearts. Um, It's it's helpful and needed for us to ask questions like, "Do do I have bitter jealousy or selfish ambition in my own heart? And and if I do, my words are going to do more harm than good." We need to ask ourselves, "Do I have pure motives?" Do I genuinely care more for the other person's good and God's glory than I do my own reputation? Am I peaceable? Do do I have or do I have a contentious heart filled with a desire to inflict harm or punishment with my words? Am I gentle? Will I give careful thought to how my words and actions will impact another person am I open to reason am I approachable am I willing to listen will I consider another point of view or do I just want to trumpet my own opinion am am I ready to give mercy which means I'm really remembering the mercy that God's given to me in Jesus will my words and actions be filled with good fruit like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Am I impartial or do I treat some with more favor than others? Am 
Am I sincere? Am I humble and honest with a genuine care for other people? I don't know about you, but when I read through that list, it's a very convicting list. It, it's like standing in front of the mirror and just seeing stuff you've never seen before or seeing it again that you need to see. But this passage is filled with wisdom. When, when our hearts reflect the heart of our Savior in these ways, we will be better prepared to make peace in a relationship. That's... That's the beautiful life. But the best is really yet to come. Verse 18 tells us that money can't buy eternal life. She, that is wisdom, a tree, she is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Now, this reference to a tree of life is really fascinating. The Bible talks about the tree of life only in Genesis chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 3, it talks about the tree of life in Revelation 2 and Revelation 22, and then here in Proverbs, in fact, four times in Proverbs. Um, we know that after Adam and Eve sinned against God, they were driven away from the Garden of Eden and prevented from re-entering so that they would not eat from the tree of life and, in fact, then live forever. The problem, I think, would, would have been for Adam and Eve that they would live forever had they eaten of that tree of life after they sinned. They would have lived forever in their state of sin. Proverbs here in chapter 3, verse 18, and chapter 11, verse 30, and chapter 13, verse 12, chapter 15, verse 4 is really calling us back to paradise like it was at creation, and it, was, it will only happen for the one who finds wisdom or finds Jesus. Uh, Jesus says in Revelation 2-7, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Then in Revelation twenty-two fourteen, Jesus says, Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. This washing of the robes is a reference to our sins being washed away by the blood of Jesus. Let, let me remind you again of 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 31, which says this, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is considered foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being may boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord." 
Folks, your money or your efforts or your own works can't buy or earn eternal life. In Jesus alone, we are blessed with this undeserved gift of eternal life. Um, And because of that, we're going to spend eternity uh, singing praises to his name, marveling at his greatness. And we look forward to that day where we will dwell in paradise only because of what God has done for us through Jesus. Now, one final thing to help you see the superiority of wisdom or over gold or, or silver. It's this, money can't rule the universe. Verse 19, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens by His knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. I would argue that the more you see and really, truly understand what has been created, the more you really want to worship the creator. As Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. And and we know that God created the world through Jesus, uh, founded by wisdom. Um, we know that Jesus is the one who upholds the world right now by his powerful word. Hebrews 1 tells us that. We know that Jesus has been given authority to rule over all powers and dominion in this age and in the age to come. Ephesians 1 So there is absolutely nothing and there is no one who can thwart his good purposes for the entire universe. We we know that the name of Jesus is above every name and deserves a place of preeminence in our life. And so with those things being true, why... Why would we set our heart on gold and silver? <laughs> what, what we have in wisdom, what we have in Jesus is infinitely better than the best that this world or this earth has to offer. So just a couple of thoughts as we close. I, I hope that you are convinced that there are some things that money can't buy. In fact, the best things in life, money can't buy. And if we really understand that, if we accept that, if we embrace that, then we, we need to cry out and say, God, don't let, idol, don't let money be an idol in my life. Let it not be the thing that I desire most. Let it not be the thing that I pursue above all else. Let Let not my comfort, my joy, my hope, my security come from my nest egg or my retirement fund or the the things that I accumulate. Don't let money be your idol. Third, don't don't love money more than wisdom. You you have to have money to live on this earth. Um, God gives us all things for our enjoyment. All of that is true. But he wants us to, to love him first and foremost. Don't love money more than wisdom. Don't, 
Don't pursue money at the expense of finding wisdom. So we have to think about, as, as um, Dr. Greer used to say, you know, I can tell you more about your life by looking at your checkbook than I can listening to the words that you say when you're in public. So the, what we do with our money really manifests, what, what we think about money really manifests what we want and what's important to us in life. So don't pursue money at the expense of finding wisdom. You want to order your life in such a way that what you desire, the one that you want to grow with is Jesus more than anything else. Wisdom, wisdom in, in fact, is priceless. Wisdom is priceless. Find wisdom, find Jesus, and you will find life. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for how you teach us. Thank you for the way that you use your word to convict us and correct us and to change us. Thank you for how your word encourages us and builds us up in Christ. Father, the work that you have done, the work that you do, the work that you will do is in fact a great treasure. And we, we thank you for all that you have given to us in Jesus. Father, we are a people who desperately need wisdom and understanding. We need what only Jesus can give us. And I pray, Father, for all of us that as you, by your Spirit, exposes things in our heart where we care too much about earthly things, we dream about earthly things, we long for earthly things more than we do Jesus. I pray that, Father, you would convict us. I pray that you would forgive us of making even those good things into idols. But, Father, I pray that you would also transform us so that the genuine desire of our heart is you above all else. Father, we thank you for the way that you promise blessing and life when we find wisdom. And I pray that you would give us hearts, that we would, we would seek wisdom, we would seek Jesus above all else. Help us, help us, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen.